When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listening to the Career Musician Podcast with creator and host Nomad. With 20 plus years of experience in the music industry, Nomad has done just about everything to earn a living as a career musician. From being music director to celebrity artists, playing iconic arenas and stadiums, composing for film and TV, and even playing your average local club gigs, he's done it all. Nomad's mission is to empower musicians across the globe with strategies for a sustainable career while blasting stereotypes, and to bring you tried and true wisdom from his colleagues in this crazy business we call music. Originally from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, then attending Berklee College of Music with a dual major, then pursuing his career in music out in Los Angeles, he landed a world tour with Frankie Valli, continuing to tour the globe with artists of African descent, Iranian, Persian descent, and a whole host of other cultures from around the globe. This man has literally played every kind of music you can imagine, and now he's offering an authentic Brazilian Loops project only available through his social media sites featuring one of Brazil's premier percussionists. Here to tell you all about it is Sandro Havel. All right, I'm sitting here with my good buddy Sandro Rebel. Sandro, welcome to the Career Musician Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very honored to be here. I'm flattered to be in, in, in the company of other great people who have been featured, in the, you know, in the op- other episodes. And so it's a, it's a pleasure, you know, to be sharing my experience with everybody and, and to be part of this podcast. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much. So we were just talking, you, you and I go back some ways and we started off here's the crazy part about doing a podcast typically with people that i know we start off just small talking and then the next thing you know the small talk leads to like these big you know topics of really important things that people need to hear so yes i just decided to hit the record button from the very second we start (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so like you were saying i asked you how you were doing and the first words out of your mouth were reinventing myself it's it's a it's it's a lifetime you know that's the way it's been you know for the last uh i've been in this business for 
30 plus years and and always being like that you know sometimes it's stronger sometimes lighter we always have to be reassessing ourselves our situation our priorities and and make decisions based on that you know uh, uh, not only that but what's going on in the world i mean right now it's right. the covid you know but right. uh, we had napster we had youtube <laughs> you know we had mp3 you know right so, we got to adapt ourselves and right. this is the dynamic uh, profession. You know, it changes with the world. I think that's a very healthy way of looking at it because, you know, if, if you approach it like that, then you really, you really can't fail. As long as you're aware that, hey, there's going to be pitfalls that I'm going to have to figure out how to work around. Yes. And it sounds like that's your mindset. So I think that's brilliant. Yeah, it really is. You know, I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to fight against every right. single trend in the world, you know, from from societies, you know, you're going to fight with them. Uh, you know, there, there's so much of that that you can do. I mean, you can be disappointed with it, but, you know, have, right. have a, an optimistic view to it and just readapt yourself, you know. Uh, of course, you're not going to go out of your way, you know, you, you have a personality, you have principles, you know, you, you don't want to go too far <laughs> right. at all, you know. Right, right. Your principles, you have the music that you like, you have the people that you like. So, you know, try to find the balance um, between Man. all that. You know, I, I couldn't agree more. That's perfect. Yeah. All right. So with that being said, uh, self-reinvention at the forefront of our minds these days. Let's go back. Let's get a brief history on you. I'm from Brazil. I'm from Rio de Janeiro. And I moved to the U.S. in 1996. I went to Berkeley College of Music and uh, never went back to Brazil, you know, for good. You know, so it's it's been 24 years. But I grew up with, with music in my family. Uh, my dad, he says he's a frustrated musician. I said, no, it, you know, go learn the guitar. Oh, I can't do it. I said, go do it. We got him to do music therapy with a, with a good friend of ours, you know, so that's good, you know. Uh, that's awesome. And he's a big time writer, you know, he writes books and, and, and he gets awards all over the country. So it's kind of, and then on my mom's side, you know, she was a, a, a classical piano player. I mean, she never did that for a living. But 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 she would study, you know, ten hours a day, you know, that wow. kind. Of, yes. <laughs> so that's where you got the piano genius. Then it came right down from your mom, huh? Y yes. Yeah. Yes, and she was she was classmate uh, with with Sergio Mendes. Uh, <laughs> really? They are from the same town in Rio, you know, uh, which is called Niteroi, and and you know they they you they would practice you know forehand piano together and. So they go way back. <laughs> Dude, that is so cool. Yeah, so, man, like you were destined. To, the music was just there. It's just, you know. I know. I know. I, uh, I tried to get out of it. Trust me. <laughs> no, so, I no, I didn't. And, and then my brother, you know, uh, he would play uh, guitar, write songs and sing, yeah. you know, do club gigs, you know. So I grew up in that kind of environment and, and, and music all the time being played on, on at my place, you know. Yeah. And so it was a very healthy upbringing, and, you know, and Is I started like playing guitar, actually. I don't know if you know that. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah. I played, I played guitar for three years. I used the guitar like every other 
every other Brazilian. <laughs> right, right. Especially from Latin cultures. Everybody grows up playing a drum or playing a guitar or something. You know, like if you're from, from Cuba, the clave is built into you intrinsically, right? You know, and, and you know how to do a tumbao groove like automatically, right? Yes. So it's, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it's the same thing for Brazilians. You know, once you play, once you're born Brazilian, that's it. The guitar and the huica and whatever else is in your hands, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's very inherent to our culture, you know. And when do you guys start? Like, do you throw instruments at your kids when they're babies? <laughs> <laughs> I started playing uh, acoustic guitar when I was ten. Yeah, you know. But there's a lot of you know. I have friends who started playing the piano when they were four or five years old. And I mean, the piano was just sitting in one of my uh, one of the rooms, and and I would I go I would go there and and randomly bang notes and stuff you know when i was right. a kid you know and you know i would just space out and be there for like a good amount of time even though i didn't know music at all and right. you know until i started learning acoustic guitar and i started translating whatever i learned on the guitar and trying to find the notes on the piano i mean totally self uh you know self-guided you know? yeah you know? Are you exposed at an early age in growing up in Brazil? Is the typical child exposed to the indigenous music first and then pop music from around the world in America? Or is it kind of everything all at once? No, it's mostly, I mean, back then, back in early 70s, you know, that the, I'm, I'm, I'm sure today it's, it's changed. But yeah. uh, you're more exposed to Brazilian music, you know. Right, right. Especially uh, my family, you know, they're, they're big fans of, of Brazilian music. And, you know, my, my parents, they don't speak much English. So, oh, wow. You know, but they do like Sinatra, you know, Nat King Cole, you know, more the romantic stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that, you know, that, that was played once, you know, every once in a while. And but mostly Brazilian music, samba, you know, and that kind of stuff. What is what is the breakdown for us common folks who don't know about Brazilian music and all the different <laughs> subgenres, what is the breakdown of the genres and the subgenres? How does that work? Well, you, you got you got samba and then you got bossa nova, which usually is the the biggest misconceptions. You know, I, I mean, uh, so right there, you know, it differs uh, first what kind of people play it and listen to it. You know, mm. and then more musical aspects uh, terms. It'll be the tempo. You know the tempo of the songs and the and the rhythm, the instruments that are that are used, especially you know uh, when it comes down to percussion. Percussion instruments are rather different. I mean, you have way more percussion instruments featured in samba than you have in bossa nova. Bossa uh -huh. nova, you have egg shaker, you know, the, and then you don't have that in samba. And then the harmonies are, you know, they are way more elaborated in bossa nova. You have a song with with uh, more than ten chord changes. You're not gonna have that in, in, in samba because it was made by non-musicians, people who who know a few chords in the guitar, you know. So for samba, you would be mostly one chord grooves or two chord grooves. Not to take away from the quality of it, because sometimes you right. know, most of the time they are beautiful melodies, you know. But but it, but samba, it's related to carnival, which is a really people's thing. 
it's not limited. It, it's not. It is actually not. There aren't many musicians involved. You know, professional musicians involved ah. in the samba thing, in the carnival thing. I mean, uh, I got a friend of mine who's a uh, drummer. He's involved in the the duty. You know, the the carnival competition in February. You know, there's there's a there's a duty, and he's one of them. You know, so so that's one musician that I can think of. A guy who is a professional musician. You know, the way we know it. You know, does gigs and tours and stuff. You know, so that's one guy. And but it's just a handful. I mean, most of the people okay. who are involved in the carnival are the people of Brazil. You know, people who right. are, you know, cook or work right. on carriers. Right, just civilians that love the music and they grew up playing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they do the floats. You know, they get involved in right. doing all the costumes and, and everything. Right. You know, and then you have Bayon. You are a big fan of, but but you had the stuff from the northeast, you know, ah. of Brazil, because I was talking about samba and bossa nova, which is stronger in the southeast, you know. And then you have the the the, the northeast rhythms, baião, trevo, um, chote, uh, that's X O T. <laughs> wow. You know, and those uh, each one of them has different instruments. Again, you know, it's more regional. I mean, the interaction between the the, the states is not as strong as it is here in the states. Right. You know, uh, I mean, in these days, it's much better. You know, but but it's very expensive to fly to the northeast of Brazil from Rio. Really? Yeah. It's sometimes it's more it, it's cheaper to fly to Europe than it is <laughs> to wow. fly. To other parts of Brazil. Do you so, know why that is? Uh, it's just, uh, you know, it's a combination of competition, you know, infrastructure, I guess. So a lot of Brazilians don't know <laughs> Brazil. Oh, man, that's, that's a shame, man. Yeah. Yeah but, yeah. but it sounds like, I guess, being in America for so long, you've experienced, you know, so much of the world. You're a, a globetrotter, so to speak, like most of us career musicians. So yes. you've seen it all. You've been exposed yeah. to it all. And it gave me a different perspective, you know, and I was glad that was, you know, during the time I was in Brazil, I was able to tour with some major artists, you know, and I got to know what 60% of, of, of the country, you know, and, and, wow. and, you know, most of my friends who are not musicians or family members, they didn't have that experience. Right. You know? so, so music took me to 60% of Brazil. I mean, these days it's cheaper, you know, of course, you know, it's not as isolated as it used to be. Yeah. I mean, with that, you know, a lot of people from Rio, they don't, they didn't know much about the Northeast. I guess it's similar back then in America for, you know, someone who lived in the South, they didn't really go to New York or Connecticut or mm -hmm. Pennsylvania, you know, or, or they didn't go out West, you know, or somebody who lives in California wasn't necessarily going to go to Florida or Alabama, you know, I guess, yeah, I guess yeah, it's kind of yeah. similar in that way. Yes, you know, yes, yeah. Yes. You just, you're a byproduct of your own little uh, area that you, you know, your little microcosm. Yeah. 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 That makes and sense. Here, here in America too, you know, there's a lot of people who don't, have passports i mean <laughs> right that's true they're missing a lot you know there's yeah. I, I, we can only benefit you know from i mean this is one of the things that that brought me to america you know just the fact that there is so many different ethnicities here and mm. and that reflects into the into the music that's produced you know and mm -hmm. and, and and that's why you know i work with 
Africans, I work with Iranians, Persians, yeah. I work with Latinos, non-Brazilians, and I work with Brazilians, yeah, and, That's I, so and cool. I work with Americans, you know, with yeah. a guy with, like Frankie Valley, you know, it's... Right, right. And I like, I like, I like doing that. I like being versatile, you know. <laughs> it challenges me, yeah. it takes me out of the comfort zone, and, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm always pushing myself. I'm, yeah, and it keeps us from getting bored. I'm the same way. And I think that's why you and I got along so well from the get-go. Yes, you know, yes. we recognize that in each other, and we just love playing everything, right? I mean, really, there's no limit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, so you talked about some things I want to go back. First of all, um, I, I really want to try to get inside the mind of a young Sandro coming from Brazil to America. You know, for those listeners who we might have some global listeners out there thinking, well, I'd really love to come to America and, and pursue my career in music. What was that like That in, when you came from 1996? Can you talk a little bit about that? Did you go directly from Rio de Janeiro to Boston? Or what was, yeah, what was that all like? That was it. And uh, it, it was the first time I, I was ever in the States. And, wow. <laughs> and, and you were bilingual, though. You, you spoke English at that point? Yes, I did. Right. Okay. Was it, it had to be a little nerve wracking. What was that like, right? <laughs> Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. It, it is, it is, it is uh, actually at the time, I mean, the five years, the three years before I, I, I came to the U.S., I was taking French lessons. So, oh, wow. and I had finished, I studied English for like nine years, you know, so I grew up learning English in mm-hmm. private schools and I had finished that, you know, way before I started taking French lessons. So I remember, you know, the, the phrases, they would come to me in France, in, in French instead, ah. you know, it was kind of a... <laughs> Wow. And then it's, it's funny, I mean, for, for someone who's been in the United States for the first time, it's like, it feels like I'm a watching, uh, watching a movie nonstop. It's, uh-huh. it's <laughs> because everybody's, and then it takes you a minute to realize, no, that's, that's their language. That, that's it. <laughs> they're not, they're not, you know, uh, impersonating wow. anybody in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so you, you land in Boston. 
I mean, what did you do? Did you just like, you have your suitcase and, and a keyboard and you're like, okay, I'm from the airport, take me to Berkeley. And you just check into your dorm. I mean, what was it like? <laughs> no, no, no. I had, I had, I, I mean, we didn't have uh, as much, you know, we didn't have, we didn't have social media, you know, but. Right, right. But I, but I called, you know, uh, the, the word got out. I, I called Boston. I called right. some Brazilians in Boston. I, ah. There was this one guy who was, had just finished Berkeley. You know, some people told me, oh, this guy just finished Berkeley. Why don't you call him? Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, and then this, this other guy who was, you know, he was on a, 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 on a break, but he was studying at Berkeley. And, and he called me. He's like, hey, I heard you, you come into Berkeley. Uh, you know, my, my roommate is leaving if you want to, you know, take over. So, so oh, perfect. my first night, I think it was a brand, you know, some referral. And, and right. but my second night, I already moved into to the, to this one place where I lived, you know, for like four months or so, you know, wow. was a guitar player from Brazil, you know, it was going to Berkeley at the time. So it was kind of smooth, you know, <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's perfect. That is it was kind of smooth, yeah. you know, and then, you know, the next thing that hit me was the cold weather. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I, I got there in late august in boston i was like Ooh. i got off the plane i was like well this is a pretty good ac man this is a good day <laughs> <laughs> i was like wait it's not an ac this is the, this is the weather <laughs> it's chilly yeah what yeah. a stark contrast right oh boy oh man. boy yeah you're living from rio de janeiro you know 100 fahrenheit you know average and right and you're in Boston, like in the forties, you know, right? Forty-five. So I was like, I was like, I'm, I'm in for a ride, you know. So it, and of course, you know, it got downhill from there. August, September, you know. Uh, what did you do when you first saw snow? Your first encounter. <laughs> what was that like? I went out. I was at at a class, you know. I was. Yeah. And, and then the other Brazilian friend of mine, a classmate, hey, I heard it's snowing. Let's get out. <laughs> and then we ah. got out and we took pictures, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and at first you love it. And the next thing you know, you hate it because all that slush and all that days and weeks. And, right. And trying <laughs> get, to get around is difficult. It, yeah. it gets nasty and, you know. <laughs> but it's beautiful. I mean, it was, it was quite something. Yeah. Back then, I had I had done one international uh, travel. I went to Af uh, Africa. I went to yeah. Angola with this Brazilian actress slash singer, you know, and and that was a trip. And that was like four years before I moved to America. So uh -huh. back then, it was my first, you know, international experience. You know, who is that with? What artist do you remember? Yes, her name is uh, Tanya Alves, and she's a big, you know, a, big, a very famous uh, Brazilian actress. And, and oh wow. Yeah, and we did this concert. Uh, we did like four concerts in, in Angola, you know, in Luanda, the capital, yeah. and, and, and some other smaller cities, you know. And, and that was quite interesting, eye-opening, you know, right. first time in Africa, you know. I went back there maybe five years ago with another African artist. Uh, yeah. called Maria de Bajos and it's a great place great music too you know Angola has some rhythm and supposedly that's where samba came from you know the, the, they have a rhythm called samba uh, and it, it does share some similarities well similar for like you just said samba and samba yeah okay right but yeah, then yeah. different from the islands of Cuba and, and Haiti yeah, and, yeah. and Puerto Rico right, right 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 different from one another yeah right. exactly okay. Yeah. So cool, man. That's like a, a, a case study in and of itself. Yeah. Okay. So, so you're in Berkeley and what was your, what was your major? I, I, I did it, uh, two majors. I was a dual major, um, 
music synthesis was one of them, and the other one was contemporary writing and production. So neither one of them was music. Uh, I mean, being a musician, uh, right. sitting down on the piano and playing, you know. But you already had those chops. From yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. And I figure if I go back to Brazil, I mean, uh, that's what's missing in Brazil as far as knowledge. So that's why I did it. Then, you know, I still wanted to be piano player, keyboard player, you know. So I took all okay. the, the, you know, the improvisation classes as long as I applied for them, you know, because right. they had ratings, you know, for you to qualify for certain classes, you know, all of, right. of improvisation and, and ensemble and that kind of stuff, you know. Back then they, they did, you know, I don't know if they still, they still have. But I remember one of my electives was film scoring, was, you know, so. And music synthesis was more like sound design. You, you, you get to experience some prototypes, you know, that were right. really cool, you know, and MIDI controllers you know, back then, you know. It's amazing how that area has changed so much, right? Has developed. Oh, yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember I was in uh, a performing arts high school and I worked on one of the first Fairlight systems. Do you remember those? There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fairlight. Remember that? That's yes. crazy, right? Yes. I'm sure yes. Berkeley had one of, one or two of those at some point. Yeah. Sinclaviers and stuff. Sinclav, you know? yeah. 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 And then they had some interesting prototypes of, uh, of, of 3D uh, control. You know, they had like a, a baton that you... That you moved in a 3d fashion and that would trigger wow. different different midi you know and then That's i remember cool. i did this one project that tried to put together you know uh, my two majors you know that is one software it's called max software it reacts to midi incoming midi data you know wow. so yeah. i mean without uh, getting too much into the technical aspect of it but right. but uh it was kind of an, an arranging system that i developed you know to, that i was working on so nice i would play a b c d and the system would reorganize that let's say it would revoice whatever i played more specifically drop two drop three voices drop four voices which are you know some standard uh sure. Arranging voices. Arranging you know. voicings, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So, so you know, the, uh, I was cool. just, yeah, they, 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 they seemed to enjoy it, you know, because yeah. I was put, bringing together two areas of knowledge, you know, and they, they, they seemed to enjoy it. There you go. <laughs> so, so, all right, so you graduated Berkeley, right? What year did you? Uh, 2000, I graduated. Okay. Um, right. And then uh, I was like, well, they gave you a one year to, to work, uh, a permission to work in the United States. You know, and I'm like, okay, I'm I'm going to LA, you know, because it's yeah. warmer. <laughs> yeah. So you came right to LA. Okay, I like it. I like it. Yeah. And and, and and what was that like? Tell us about that. You know, because again, and my whole point of digging into this is because you know, for the young college students who are out there today who want to you know pursue this career, you know, again, oftentimes it seems like a big anxiety-ridden move, right? But I, oh, yeah. I but it's not. I know at that age we have a tendency to get nervous and anxious about it but you know what it's gonna be okay right and it worked out great for you <laughs> uh yeah i saw more versatility uh, right. uh more diversity more know. opportunity too right yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 like you know music for media and and then right um you know so i was like i want to i want to check out how la is you know and at the time my girlfriend was she had majored in film scoring so 
she really wanted to come to Los Angeles. So, and I had been here during a spring break. I really enjoyed, you know, uh, uh, the city, you know, the weather. And, and I, I met Rafael Moreira back then, you know. Uh, ah, gotcha. <laughs> Yeah, yes. so another Brazilian living in LA. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, great guitar and he was player. Like, exactly, exactly. And he's like, "Hey, are you available next week? <laughs> I got a gig for you." <laughs> so you started working right away. <laughs> no, I didn't do the gig. I had to go back oh. to Berkeley. I had to go. You know that. Oh that was, shoot! Okay, that was during a spring break that I came here. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You know, just a few weeks, and, and you know, so I met I met some people, and I enjoyed the city. I was like, "Yeah, that that looks like a place that I would be willing to stay here." You know, a little. For the practical training, it's what they call, you know, the one year that you're allowed to work in the United States. You know, after uh -huh. that, you got you to gotta go. <laughs> so how did that all that play out? What happened? I applied for a work visa, you know. Ah, like, what was the most crucial part to getting work? How did you go about getting work? You moved to L.A., then what? Well, uh, at first it was the Brazilian community, you know, the... Yeah. Oh, yeah, there is another guy who I got together with here, Renato Neto, you know. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> we, we know that he's super uh, connected and not only a great musician, but also. So, you know, it was just, uh, I mean, I did one thing for Berkeley. I uh, think I, uh, yeah, they had some sort of, uh, I think it was the a AES convention. So I worked for Berkeley. I was an international representative for Berkeley. You know, they, they assigned international representatives. That's cool. You know, uh, if if I went to Brazil, I would be in charge of of, of uh, advising you know potential students uh, interested in coming wow. to Berkeley. Very you know? cool. So I did some training back then at, at Berkeley, but then they used that experience for me to 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 work here for one event. You know, and 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 they had an office here. I went to see this guy too at the office, and and he would direct you to some people. You know, depending on on your skills and your aspirations. But it was mostly word of mouth, and and being Brazilian, it was only natural, you know, to meet the Brazilians first, and they would refer me to other gigs. You know, sometimes Brazilians, sometimes Latinos, sometimes. But I didn't want to, you know, be. Brazilian musician all the time. I wanted again. I wanted to expand my my horizons. You know, uh, right, right. as a person, as a musician. You know, and, and so what were some of the gigs that you got? Like, you know, brag a little bit. Tell us about your resume. <laughs> <laughs> you have permission to. It's the Career Musician Podcast. Talk about it all. <laughs> Talk yeah. about yourself, Sandro. <laughs> uh, well, my last gig was Frankie Valley. Um, right. We toured for a little short of two years, you know. Um, right. So last year alone, we did like 64 shows. 45 different cities, you know, when uh, we went to. Yeah, that's a decent, uh, that's a decent amount of shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially for a guy who is 85 years old. <laughs> wow, and uh, still crushing it, right? Yeah, yeah, man, every every Incredible. single night, the, the energy and the passion, you know. Yeah. I mean, talk about someone who really loves what he's doing, you know, it's, and, and, and I was trying to improve himself, you know, uh, improve the show, improve the songs and you know try different things and, and then i play at a church in los angeles the the crouch you know the andre crouch sandra crouch church you know? oh wow yeah 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 my gospel <laughs> experience you know i've been there five years now it's really cool and then and then there is the 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 persian market you know the the there's one million persians in los angeles in california you know wow so, and it's i didn't huge. know that yeah 
and it's it's a huge market and and I did some travel with them too. I worked with this African singer Maria de Barros. We 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 went to maybe 15 countries or, or so, you know, doing world music festivals, you know. Wow. With that alone. What else? I got to I got to look it up on my own resume. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So talk, all right, let's, that's a good, actually, that's a good segue. Talk about your touring essential. So, you know, you get a call to go on tour. And like you just said, with Maria de Bajos, you went to 15 different countries. It was a mixture. It was mostly okay. Europe. It was okay. mostly Europe. I mean, she's from, from Cabo Verde, you know. Uh, so we went there uh, wow. and we went to Angola. And then there was Mexico, Canada, the United States. You know, we did a lot of shows in the United States. I am Sandro Hebel, and you are listening to the Korea Musician Podcast with Nomad. Help us continue to provide you with new and engaging content by getting our ratings up. Please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Go behind the scenes with host Nomad to gain inside knowledge of entertainment business from the world's leading musicians, artists, producers, managers, and more. All right, so so perfect. That's that's a perfect example. You you're getting ready for a tour like that. You know, what do you do? What are some of your tour essentials or your packing techniques or, you know, any tips? What do you do to prepare for that? You know, I like to pack light. <laughs> that seems to be the trend amongst us. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I like to pack light, you know, yeah. because there's going to be a lot of moving around, the circumstances of of touring, you know. So Let's make let's make sure it's easy for you, you know, at all levels, you know, because uh, well, you're going to be carrying you could be carrying that that thing for like 30 days or so. You know, you never know. Yeah. Share with our listeners, you know, some of the listeners who might not be hip to what it's like to tour like that. You know, talk about some of the um, the struggles uh, of touring life. Part of it. it, it I mean, you, you got to consider where you're going and how long you're going to be going for. Right. And, yes. And, I mean, based on that, you're going to make different decisions, you know, but I always try to pack light. If it's within the United States, living in Los Angeles, wherever you go, it's always going to be later in the day, right? So make sure you have snacks, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure you have snacks with you because, you know, uh, sometimes you get to to the city and then you still have another our bus ride you know right. not everybody wants to oh let's stop and have something to eat before we go you know right or let's stop halfway there you know yeah. so and sometimes it's a large group of people you know, you, you, you don't want to you know it's hard to coordinate everybody's needs that's and you don't want to be hungry you know you don't want to be hungry you know yeah you don't want to be hangry that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> I've so bring in, some snacks with you. I you love know. that. I always do that. I'm the same way. I've gotten into yeah. some trouble by not having snacks when I got hangry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know. I mean, for the airplane, I like to have like an extra little, little toiletry, you know. Yes. To have right in front of me, right in front of my seat. Yes. Uh, because, you know, if, if you are on a window seat, you don't want to keep bothering people, you know, to reach to your luggage, you know. That's right. So you you, you want to make sure you have a little. I mean, that those are little things, but it make makes a big difference. A big difference. This is why I asked this question. Yeah, <laughs> and I find that all of us have very similar, you know, routines. But then, you know, a lot of us have different ceremonies thing that we do. You yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, especially you know, you want to have a, an eye mask or earplugs, right? Because maybe you know, it's very likely you want to sleep a little bit, depending sure. on 
where you're going. So sure. make sure that's that's reachable right there. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you travel with a mobile studio rig, like a laptop and an interface and all that? Or I'm I'm always with my laptop. Yes. Yeah, I figured then, that. Yeah. yeah, but and then uh, depending how long I'm going to be gone for. I mean, for a two, two or three day trip, you know, and depending on the schedule, I'm like, I'm not going to have time to do or energy to do anything. So I don't bring, but sometimes I bring those like 25 key uh, keyboards, right. you know, right. they're, yeah, yeah. they're about this thing, you know, right. just for you to trigger some sounds, you know, using sure. a keyboard, you know. I guess that's it, man. Uh, how about how about how do you maintain you know a decent, healthy lifestyle when you're touring? Because I know it's tough, man. We we can get in trouble with some food and drink, you know, because oftentimes we have access to really good food and drinks. <laughs> so yes, <laughs> we have to yes. we have to try to keep ourselves in check, right? Man, it's it's really hard. Yeah. It's really hard. Again, um, some of this neck choices that you make are better than others and do you do you have any kind of workout routine when you're on the road i do but i never put it that in practice yeah <laughs> hey but that's okay you have it that's um, you sound like me i always go with the best intentions right like okay i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this you know if you set five things up that you say you're gonna do if you do one you're lucky yeah. right yeah <laughs> I, I mean that's the first step it's yeah. planning right i mean yeah, exactly. whether or not you're gonna follow your planning that's a different story exactly but, but, yeah. but you know sometimes you really tired because it drains you yeah yeah sometimes it's if you're really tired the last thing you want is to push you your body even harder right that's so funny you say that because every time i travel internationally i try to wake up early and get a workout in and even if i do and i'm thinking i'm, I'm doing the right thing by the time sound check comes I'm you? falling asleep. I cannot. Even, I'm like, oh my god. So I, I think it's smart. If you, even if you do get up early, like if you can't sleep and you get up early, go work out. Try to get some energy out. Fine, but make sure you build time in to take a nap before the oh, gig. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because that is real. That jet lag is real. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's real. And the you time difference. You, know? you, you can't go against. But that's one thing that I try, you know, the, the most is, is to get the eight hour, you know, the standard eight hours leap in right. somehow, you know, whether it's in the airplane or in the bus or through sure. a nap or some kind, you know, but, but it's really hard. I mean, uh, and sometimes, you know, you go to a city, uh, the venue is like in the middle of nowhere. The hotel is in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing, there's nothing walking distance. So you really depend on, on, right. on, on the structure of, uh, of the, produ uh, of the local uh, right. people, you know, who brought you in, you know, and, and, when you're dealing with different countries, I mean, people have different, you know, uh, traditions and stuff. That's right. That's right. Isn't yeah. it the worst, man, when the venue is so far away or the hotel, you're out in the middle of nowhere. There's, like you said, there's nothing for, to to walk to. That's that's probably the that's, worst, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. terrible. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, they say, oh, the, you know, the, the hotel is 30 miles from the airport. And the venue is another 15 miles from the hotel. You're like, what? Yeah, oh, yeah. that's the worst. Yeah. What I really like is when they put you in a hotel that's like right in the middle of the, the city. You can just walk around. And yes. I mean, uh, for your for your meals is better. You know, for yeah. your nutrition is better because you're gonna have more choices. And you can, I mean, even even though these days it's you get to the hotel room and you look it up on your yeah. computer what's around. You know, it's. Right. I mean, we take it for granted, but it's 
it's amazing, you know, for you to get to your hotel room. Okay, what is around me? You know, sort by cuisine, and I mean, you can be as picky as as, as you want. Yeah, you're right. Crank as you want. <laughs> <laughs> but but then, which of leads that, me sorry to no to, go ahead, please. Uh, you know, then again, if, if you are like in the middle of a the town, you get to see the town a little bit, you know, you right. get to walk around. And that's one thing that I like to do, walk around, get to know the city a little bit, you know. I love doing that. Yeah. That's the yeah. best, yeah. Maybe that's my workout, you know, because I do walk a lot. That's, I like right. to do that. You're killing two birds with one stone, right? You know? Yeah. So, you know, it's it's so funny because we've known each other for years. We've done, uh, I guess, a couple handfuls of uh, gigs together. But then we, I think we connected more so in the studio with working for Megatracks. Exactly. You know? yes. Yeah. I think that was like the, the most that we've worked together, uh, you know, in the studio capacity. And I love asking my guests about, you know, studio etiquette because it's so different from touring right i mean there are some similarities but the studio is a huge contrast from the tour life so talk about that well the studio is different because that that one thing is going to be fixed for the rest of of the time right that's right in the studio you know i like i like to be i think it's very important for for us to to have the the freedom to create i mean i'm talking from from a producer's standpoint not from from a musician's standpoint Okay, the clock is ticking, you know, but but uh, let the person uh, uh, get acquainted with the music and and do right. his or her thing, you know, for a minute before before you impose, you know, what are you looking for, you know, because yes, you never know. Maybe maybe he will have better ideas than what you do. <laughs> right, right. So give give you know you have a great musician there, you know, give that person a, a little bit of. Uh, a freedom you know to you know but there will be a time that you have okay that's great but let's try this you know and, and that's when you you tell him or her what you're looking for as far as i like that start with the freedom of creativity that's a good starting place yeah because they you know different people will bring different different things to the table and sometimes they, they will surprise you they, so that's that's one good thing but my experience as, as a studio musician uh, I gotta tell you it's it's way uh, especially because of these times you know that you do you do things at your home studio you know so right right most of my studio experience is not going to the studio but doing at my home studio you know? well I think I think the home studio experience is you know just as important because so many of us are confined to our home studios even before COVID-19 hit. Oh yeah. I mean, let's yeah. face it, you know, a large portion of the work was being done from home studios, you know? Yes. So, and, yes. and that's been the trend for the past two decades at least, you know? Yes. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of standard protocol. Talk about, you know, I, I'm, I want to get to this project that you just did. Talk about, you did a, a Brazilian project recently. I did the one for Spotify and that was through Megatracks, you know, it was, okay. it was they wanted Brazilian standards, you know, of, of a particular rhythm that's called chorinho, you know, whether it's choro or chorinho, you know, which uses mandolin, flute, and that kind of stuff, you know. Right. And and it's from it's from Rio de Janeiro, you know. So it sounds beautiful, by the way. I was listening before oh, I turned you. on the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So it was a commission, you know, a commission project, you know, uh, right. through through Megatrax. You know, they reached out to Megatrax to to have the project done. And that's what they were looking for, you know. Mm. 
but then at the same time, I also did another project for Megatrax, uh, another Brazilian album. I did three tracks of original music for Megatrax in that album. And by the way, you are in the same album with your flamenco stuff, with your great flamenco stuff. You know, oh, we're, thank you. Right. We're, right. We're, share, we're sharing this one particular release. So Right. I don't even remember that. What, what was the name of that project? It's, it's, it's through Sensation, Sensation and... Uh, Sensation? Okay. Through the Sensation department, you know, label that they have in particular. But it's, it's three tracks of Brazilian music and then there is three tracks of uh, flamenco and then, you know, some, something along those lines, you know. Right, so those right. two happen at the same time, you know. And then Spotify, of course, is, it's pushing that project. And so it's, now it just hit right, like right. 200,000 streams, you know, so. <laughs> Dude, talk about that. Yeah, because you have like, it's like 12,000 monthly listeners and it's like 200,000. Yeah, talk about that. Tell us. Really, really interesting. I mean, that that's that's a benchmark and I'm really happy. You know, it, it takes it takes you to a different direction. And, and uh, yeah, uh, and it's the, the, the target audience, the, the countries are mostly... Uh, Latin America and Central America and Mexico, right, right. you know. So I wish I had more listeners like in Europe or the United States, but I, there's so much control that I have over that, you know. I can always like create campaigns and, 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 and push that towards other audiences, you know, that that's something that I might do in the future. But it's great, you know, looking forward to doing other projects. Man, I experienced the same thing. I had a, I produced a song for a, a TV show on Netflix, and that one song has all these spins, but all my other stuff has nothing. It's, like, <laughs> it's so frustrating. And like you said, you know, you have to build a campaign, and that campaign needs to be managed, and you need to put a lot of time and energy into it. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the only yeah. way to really make it work. But that's Man. almost like a full time job. You know. It, it is. It is. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing that for the for the loops right now, and it's okay. just doing the Facebook campaigns. It's it's an art by itself, and you right. and you spend a lot of time and money, you know. Right. So four mega tracks. I have four albums that I did for them uh, of of Brazilian music, and looking forward to doing. Wow, that's uh, awesome! I didn't realize you did four albums now for them. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, awesome. Yeah, and some of them, you know, have had placements in, in Brazilian soap operas, you know. Uh, nice. Back in Brazil, you know, and especially you know, the, the one that you played at, you know, that's that's one of the projects. That's one of the, the albums that we, we did for, for Megatrax, you know. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Well, talk about talk about Megatrax for the pe for the listeners who might not be aware of what Megatrax is. It's a uh, production library company. And talk about your experience with them and with, uh, you know, production music. Well, Megatrucks is one of the major, you know, uh, production and music production libraries in, in California, if not the U.S., you know. So it's, um, I'm flattered to be invited, you know, to, to have been invited to, to do projects for them. And I had the opportunity to have, you know, great musicians like yourself, you know, play on my projects, on my ah, music. You know, yeah, so yeah. that's, it, it takes us to a different uh, place, you know, in our careers. And, and it's one thing that I, one of my goals is to develop and grow my composition portfolio you know whether it's for tv right. commercials or or film megatracks can certainly help me with that you know so it's a great place to work you know uh, but but like derek said in one of the episodes you know it's like make sure you you know you, you expose yourself and your music you sell yourself to other 
companies, you know. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know, don't put all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Don't count at us for a hundred percent of of your that particular asset that you're developing, you know, so, which which is great advice, you know. You don't wanna you don't wanna focus too much on one single client, you know. Right. So true. Any words of wisdom that you would have for you know, like I said, the, the younger career musicians that want to come to L.A. or come to America and make it happen. What are you going to tell, you know, the aspiring? Uh, thing, you know, learn the language and be organized. I mean, you got to be organized all the time. Uh, I mean, that's that's one thing that I work on all the time, being organized and coming to the U.S. You're from another country, you know, learn, learn the language and be open for different cultures, different traditions, you know, and you're going to learn from that, whether it's a good experience or not, you decide that later. But be open to different cultures, you know, different because you're going to be exposed to different ethnicities and cultures, and 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 that's amazing, you know. That's, that's right. Awesome. That's right. You know, that you're diversity. Gonna grow, yeah, you're yeah. going to grow as a person. You're going to grow as a musician. So I think it's you know you you gotta need to have balance in your life, you know, uh, between your personal life and your professional life. That's a good one. Balance. Yeah. Yeah, and and then within, Excellent. you know, within within your your professional life, you know, find balance. I mean, I'm I'm a keyboard player. I'm a, I'm a composer. You know, I'm a producer, and I'm I'm selling my loops. You know, I have online products. You know, that's another thing. That's yes. Talk about that. That talk about diversification. That's a great way to to diversify yeah. your income. So, how did that come about? This is this is uh, Brazilian percussion loops. The company started four months ago, and but but this is a project that has been in the back of my head for for years. You know, it actually the recordings. You know, I'm selling now percussion loops of Brazilian rhythms. You know, that's beautiful. And I recorded that in Brazil, you know, eight wow. years ago. Wow. <laughs> Just to give you a timeline of, you know, an idea. Yeah, how, of how, long, how, how long it takes. You know, it's, musically, it's great. I mean, for whoever wants to produce something with authentic, you know, Brazilian rhythms and with one, like, uh, one of Brazil's most uh, top studio musicians, you know, so. Firmino? Is that how you say it? Yes, yes, yeah. Firmino. Firmino. Firmino recorded like nine out of ten albums in, in the eighties and the nineties and you name it and everybody. So not only that, but you know, this is a project that I had in mind. I wasn't able to finish it until now. So And wh- where do you, where can where can we go to check that out? Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. It's it's Brazilian Percussion Loops. You can find that on, on Facebook. There's a Facebook page called Brazilian Percussion Loops. Okay. Or you can go to my Instagram and okay. My Instagram is Brazilian musician. And you're gonna find links, you know, to the to the website where where the loops are sold. Okay. You know? And then my YouTube channel is Sandro Rebel One. 
one, the number. I like how you pronounce your last name. So as, as an American, we say rebel. Yes. But how do you say it with the Brazilian? Hebel. 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 It's almost like an H, huh? Yes. Yes. Wow. Very cool. But, but that's why, you know, <laughs> you are in a club, it's loud. People dug your music. People dug your playing. Hey, are you on Instagram? Yeah. Instead of having to spell Sandra Rebel, you know, as a, a Brazilian musician, I'm from Brazil. <laughs> Just right. look me up. I, I found from a branding perspective, I found that would be quicker and easier, you know. Yes, so, it is. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I, you know me, I'm all about the brand, right? <laughs> yes. So, come yes. on. That's what we got to do. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We, we got to make it easier for everybody, you know. But then, you know, uh, uh, back to the to the to the advice, you know, uh, to the advices. Um, you want to have balance, you know, you don't have balance in your life because you have those hats that you're going to be wearing, you know, and, and you, you got to allocate different schedules, different time allocations for each one of those, you know, right. depending on, on your aspirations, you know, depending on your goals. And, and, and. but then again, uh, you don't, you don't want to abandon what, what you, you have been doing, you know, for most of the time, you know. Um, in my case, it's being a keyboard player, you know, so I don't want to, you know, I still want to allocate time for that. I don't want to stop being a keyboard player, you know, and just right. being a, like an online e-commerce music producer, you know, of online products, you know. So I think, uh, yeah, I think you, you need to be, you need to get to know yourself, you know, reassess that on a regular basis, you know, uh, what you like to do, what is the, it, it's a balance, you yeah. know, what do you like to do? What is the market looking for? You know, right. and 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 what what are your money aspirations? You know, from from a income perspective, you know, those are things that you have, you know, to 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 balance when you defining your your future. You know, very true. What do you like to do versus what do you have to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, to keep you know keep getting your bills paid. You know, exactly. Exactly. Hey, would you mind if we close with some rapid fire questions? Let's do it, man. Okay, Let's cool. Do it. Favorite food? Favorite? Oh, I'm biased. Uh, Brazilian food, Bangkok, white rice, <laughs> Japanese food. Oh, I like Japanese food a lot. Yeah, Indian yeah. food, I like. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> favorite libation? What's your favorite adult beverage? Yeah, vodka. vodka. I like okay. vodka on the rocks. I like Caipirinha oh, too. Oh, like the Caipirinha. Yeah, I probably yeah. mispronounced it. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you say Caipirinha? Caipirinha. Caipirinha. Wow, look Caip at that. See? Caipirinha. Exactly. Caipirinha. Very yeah. nice. That's one of my faves. I love that drink. Yeah. Uh, all right. Favorite sport, which I think I know. <laughs> <laughs> soccer. soccer. Football. Yeah, yeah. Football, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, soccer. Very nice. Um, how do you spend your free time? You're talking about balance, you know. That's a good oh, point. man. I like I like being by the pool, suntanning, uh, swimming. I like to swim. Nice. You know, I like to swim. I like to walk, go for a long walk. You nice. know, I, I like hanging out with my friends, you know, with my longtime friends, with my potential longtime friends, you know, having, having a beer or just sharing some good laughs and experiences. Uh, there you go. Unfortunately, you know, we don't do much of that in Los Angeles. Uh, you know, I, I wish. <laughs> I know. Even when even when COVID wasn't here, we still really just don't hang out. We're not a very mm. hangout culture here. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Everybody's hustling to just get their job done. It seems. Yeah. Yeah, I, which I understand, you know, but uh, th there is a beauty to 
just hanging out and doing nothing, you know, just contemplating and enjoying life in general, you know. That, there was this one guy that I called once and he's like, okay, well, when is the gig? I said, no, man, I'll just call you, you know, you'll go have a beer or something. <laughs> I caught him off guard. It was like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe we can set up, we can set something up, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> That is funny. That is funny. When is the gig? All right. Do you like to drive yourself or be driven? I like to be driven. What activities do you enjoy on those long flights besides catching up on sleep? Besides catching up on sleep, I like working on my computer, reorganizing folders, you yeah. know, reorganizing, you know, making sure everything is organized. I mean, That's a good point. I use Excel all the time, you know, the, the spreadsheets, you know, to, and and yeah, I optimize, you know, whatever whatever resources I have, you know, in my computer, you know, right. whether it's business resources or music resources, even going on iTunes and making playlists on iTunes that I can benefit and refer to afterwards, composition purposes or for playing purposes. I optimize. I like to optimize my resources. And I like that optimizing <laughs> resources. That is really good. That's yeah. Some, that's some good in- advice and insight. What's the last song that you? you've listened to just for fun that you had no professional oh that the no professional that doesn't exist man (laughs) i know right we're musicians the minute (laughs) uh, the minute the note comes into our ears we We start analyzing yes yeah (laughs) we we start interacting with it but but you know uh, i mean i like i like to listen to african i was listening uh thomas mapfumo you know this this singer Mm. from nigeria the other day and i was forced and next thing you know i'm sitting on the keyboard and playing along with it there's so much you can do it you know right but I, but i mean as far as priorities you know it's very unlikely that i'm doing a, an african gig you know right. in the next month you know so again you know optimizing our resources you know so so in a way that that was more like a pleasure you know oh, i'm gonna listen to african music because i like it you know not right because. but next thing you know i was playing along with it okay what are they doing here you know and <laughs> That makes sense. That makes sense. Any, any uh, particular artist that changed you when you were growing up? Like an artist that you said, oh my gosh, I have to do what they're doing. Quincy right? Jones, man. Quincy, Quincy Jones. There you go. There you, go. You, you know, I mean, back to when I was growing up in Brazil, you know, maybe you felt I was listening to Brazilian music most of the time. And, and, and it wasn't like that. I was listening to a lot of Michael Jackson, you know, <laughs> a lot of pop music, you know. And pop music, uh, I love it, you know. So, but Quincy Jones, you know, because he he would have a lot of African approach to his music, you know, That's a lot right. of Brazilian yeah. approach to his music, and he would blend, you know, he would put together musicians from mm. very different cultures and and yeah. uh, skills, you know, with that, very different skills, you know, musical gumbo that we all yeah. have, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's a guy that I look up to and you know inspired me a lot. Favorite TV show that you're streaming these days? You know what? I don't stream on a regular basis, even though I watched uh, Money Heist, you know, from Spain, which is Netflix. I I got hooked and and I I watched that and. Like I don't know, in, in a week I watch all episodes. Well, there you go. You just you just streamed Money Heist. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, how about shopping? Brick and mortar or online? Obviously, nowadays it's more so online. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, for music stuff, uh, online. You know. I'm, yeah. 
Oh, for anything though, clothes, whatever. Yeah. No clothes. I gotta. I gotta put it. I gotta put them you on. Put it on. Yeah, yeah. A chair. I gotta sit on the chair. You know. I, <laughs> I want. I want to see how it feels. You know. Guitars. Uh, you probably want to sit down and play with it. But but keyboards. You know. It's like. Uh, it's true. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I'm gonna I, feel the same. <laughs> yeah, I've ordered guitars online and that I haven't played that I liked that were just fine. You know. Mm, nice. But that, yeah, but I haven't bought a guitar in so many years. I don't need any more. You know. <laughs> <laughs> how many do you have right now? Oh, probably around 20, the 60 or 70 mark oh man yeah oh my god yeah oh, it's kind of crazy <laughs> make sure they're all wearing masks man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> all right dream collaboration uh quincy jones man i think i would like I to was do thinking, something yeah. yeah 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 but it's not a dream it's a reality there you I'll, go i'm gonna do it make it happen <laughs> make it happen yes and finally what would you do if you weren't a career musician Oh man, the way I like to gather information and and analyze and reorganize them, and you have to be something that uh, you know. I did one year of, of uh, advertisement, you know, advertising before, alongside oh, wow. you know, I was doing music and and right. advertising. I did, uh, yeah, one year, you know. So maybe I would be I would be into advertising or. Or project management, you know, because I really like to crumble the numbers and analyze and reorganize and evaluate and maybe something along those lines. I don't know. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, Sandro, man, it's been a pleasure to have you, my friend. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure for me. Thanks for having me. And, and you know, um, I'm glad to share, you know, uh, and congratulations on, on your podcast. You know, uh -huh. I, that's that's really a great resource for, for any musician, whether you're starting, whether you're an aspiring musician. It doesn't matter. I mean, the information that, that you're sharing, it's just Unvaluable. It's really good, and it do, it doesn't only apply to the United States. It applies to the whole world. You know, global. That's right. Yeah, that's right. No, yeah. I true. I truly appreciate that because it is a labor of love. It's a huge labor of love. I know. Uh, but I know. Uh, this message needs to be heard, right? From all definitely, of us. definitely. Yeah. Thank you. You're doing so a great much. job, man. <laughs> you oh love man. You love him really good. <laughs> I, I, I really appreciate that. That does that seriously. That yeah. does fuel me. I appreciate that. That gives me energy to keep going. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. even hesitate. You know. Awesome. Keep it, and and you know, if you need help, or I'm here. Oh, thank you so much, yeah. brother. Follow the Career Musician at Facebook, Instagram, and sign up for the Career Musician newsletter at thecareermusician.com. Binge previous seasons of the Career Musician Podcast and subscribe for all new episodes. I'm just a nomad, nowhere man Writing the songs in this one-man band A nomad
Hey, this is Nomad, host and creator of the Career Musician Podcast, and I am thoroughly stoked to be an official member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Pantheon Podcast Network is the first of its kind as an all-music-based podcast collective. Please be sure to check us out at pantheonpodcast.com for more info. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.